Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Jack's Drive Time. With Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. You know, to be honest, obviously it's a tough loss. Um, I thought we did a great job battling back. I think we just made too many mistakes and shot ourselves in the foot too many times. Uh, you know, speaking specifically offensively for us, penalties and getting behind the chains. And you know, it's hard to win football games when you do that, but. Um, I am really encouraged with you know where we're at and just how we how we fought back. Came into the locker room, made some adjustments. Um, you didn't see anybody blinking, and uh, you know everybody knew we were on a mission to come back and believe that we we're going to come back and have a chance to win this game. And so, good teams finish games, and uh, you know we have some work to do to uh, you know become a, a good team and, and finish. But I think we're close. Jaguars wide receiver Christian Kirk having the same message as basically everyone in the locker room post game that this team was close. It was great they fought back, but they shot themselves in the foot too many times to beat the Washington Commanders. Now the Jaguars fall 0-1 on the season after losing in week one. Welcome into Jaguars drive time on a Monday. Ashlyn, Brian, and John here with you to break down this game that definitely felt like a roller coaster at times. That second half, we're running everywhere. We're not knowing. You, you sense that the Jaguars might win and pull this out. Then the last drive happens, and by the end of the game, Brian, we're just trying to catch our breath, truthfully. <laughs> yeah, you know, it felt different than a lot of the losses we've seen from this team Big the time. last couple of years. Um, and, and I I don't want to say it's in a good way, but that there was. You know, they were able to overcome a, a disastrous first half of self-inflicted wounds and put themselves in a position to win. But as it turns out, they dug themselves such a big hole, they couldn't hold off. You know, and you had silly mistakes. You know, Shaq Griffin, you know, losing outside leverage on uh, Terry McLaurin's long touchdown and Tyson Campbell being in poor position to be able to even make a play on the ball uh, on Jamar Dotson's Mm -hmm. um, game-winning touchdown. So little mistakes, correctable, disappointing, but you can get there. Yeah, it's a, I get accused sometimes of uh, grading the Jaguars on a curve, um, you know, because we talk so much about it, but I, uh, I thought there were a lot more positives than there were negatives but that's because I'm looking at the long term, right, and right. it's maybe because of what I expected this team to be. Um, I think if you're a Jaguars fan and, and you're wondering where they are, you can take solace in this. I didn't think they played very well at all, except for maybe a quarter and a series, and yet they're up eight with a chance to win on the road. This is a team that hadn't won in like 
since what 2003 on the road i mean it, it, uh, uh december 15 2019 2019 and many you know if they had played that poorly in the last couple of years in the oh. first half, oh, it would have been, been a disaster. It would have been 41 to 10. Hey, there are things to So be I think that's what you take solace in right. if you're a Jaguars fan. This, to me, felt like a normal NFL loss yeah. where you gave a little bit away. You're coming together at the beginning of the season. I, you know, Again, I think it's a 6-7 win team, but I saw things yesterday that made me think these guys know what they're doing. If they fix mistakes, they can go win. I don't know if we felt like, okay, they just got to fix a couple of things this time last year, then they go start winning games. Yeah, I, there was not a lot that I was – I mean, the mistakes were so stupid. I mean, Dewan Smoot, I and mean, we can talk about this to get into big things. I mean, that was just such a dumb thing. That's a four-point mistake. For a, for a veteran player who knows better and who's, yeah. who's a much better player than that. Um, I'm worried about the left tackle. He did not play well, uh, especially at a moment in the game where they really needed him the most. He was on his back. Yeah. Th- that concerns me. Um, but the rest of it, I think, are fixable things. And they're a team that has to learn how to win. They've lost – 18 in a row away from home now that it's it's going to weigh on them because the next road trip is Los Angeles and the Chargers yeah. and if you saw them yesterday buckle up right and you mentioned the stupid mistakes there were countless of them which leads to big thing one which is ouch the Jaguars have 90 yards of penalties yesterday against the commanders and every time it felt like they were getting momentum or something was going right someone had a dumb mistake to push them back coach Peterson saying we can't win if we are our own worst enemy we just don't beat ourselves, you know, um, but we gives ourselves a chance. And you look at this game today and we, we beat ourselves, you know, just, uh, you know, some costly mistakes at the wrong time. And, and, you know, games come down to three to five plays um, every week. And, um, you know, we've got to finish better and, and we just got to take care of those little things. You heard Coach Peterson just say that we have to finish better. That is big thing to the start of the game and dragged on and almost felt out of reach at halftime. Three points in the first three drives on offense. Very slow start. The quarterback looking to be more effective earlier on. We gave him 11 points by missing the, the first drive, missing the throw to Travis, had to get the field goal, and then missed that one to Zay, and then fourth down, drops the slip you know out of the backfield like just stuff like that we spotted them 11 points in the first half and still found a way to fight back and have a chance to win so um you know when we can clean up all that we're, we're going to be fine i'm not worried i'm, I'm frustrated obviously because i know we're, we're we're good enough to win that game and we should win that game and um, it's frustrating but we're gonna get better and if you're going to look at a positive, big thing three is number one, Trayvon Walker having a heck of a game and already making an immediate impact in week one. Make the argument this is the biggest plus we saw yesterday. Walker saying there is more than what we saw just yesterday. I had to say the interception because uh, I called my dad, told him <laughs> that I had a decent week of practice, called a pick in practice uh, in school. So I told him I was going to get one in the game. So it was just special for me to actually get a pick in the game too, like I told my dad I was going to do. Pretty cool story from Trayvon Walker getting asked if the sack or the interception was more special. A phone conversation with his dad that came through. If you're going to look at the positive, he's the positive. Well, no doubt. I, I thought his best comment in the postgame, though, was not that. His best comment in the postgame was, yeah, it's great, but I didn't do enough because mm-hmm. we didn't win. Yes, and we're going to run that sound later. It was that's an awesome a, point. That's a guy who understands it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, he just he told us in one of the preseason production meetings that his length is, is his greatest strength. And what he did on that um, interception, <laughs> yeah, I mean – his length is appealing to guys like Trent Balky 
because it's rare you have guys that can make plays like that. Well, it was length and it was, it was awareness. It was um, making the play when it was there. It, he had a nice rush early in the third quarter, didn't miss the sack, got it. Uh, saw the play with Carson Wentz, didn't miss the interception, got it. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker. He takes yeah. advantage of the moment. Just one more thing talking about big thing. Was it, was it two where uh, Trevor was talking about the points left on the field? Yes, mm-hmm. two. And Doug, when he talked about it at the top, he knows this is a team that is able to compete in the NFL, and, but if it makes mistakes, it's going to lose. So he said they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, and that's why they're going to lose games. Smoot gave away four points. Yes. Trevor added 11 of missed red zone opportunities. Uh, those are 15 points that are right there. So I think, uh, again, talking to Jaguars fans, I, I got emails saying, this is the same story, different year. No. Well, it's not even close to the same story, different no. year. It's equally frustrating. But in the NFL, as Doug said, three to five plays a game, those points – on three or four plays, that's 15-point differential. You win the game if you do that, but in, in the NFL, if you don't do that, you always lose. You put a thought in my head, kind of like a bad song. Wow. Um, in, in training camp when we were talking about where the point's going to come from. So I've, I've kind of looked at this team through that conversation that we had about where are the points going to come from. And when they settled for a field goal on the opening drive and when uh, Trevor and Travis didn't connect and when Riley Patterson hit the upright, all I could think of was what you said is where are the points going to come? You have to learn how to convert those things and score. At one point, they had three points in four red zone possessions. I mean, it, you just it boggles the mind. You can't win in this game if you don't convert those opportunities. Doug said on Friday afternoon, Friday morning, he said you only get 12 possessions. You've got to take advantage of as many of them as you can. And you're just crossing them off with red ink there in the first half. So the Jaguars didn't give themselves a chance to play with the lead. Right. They, I mean, it was narrow. Mm-hmm. So And to get back in it and lead by eight after giving away that team. much, um, I do believe that shows something about these guys. And they've got to go prove that and back it up because if, if you lose two in a row, then all of a sudden it's, well, they're just bad. Mm-hmm. So you've got to go prove that you're as close as you looked the other day. Absolutely. And, and it felt – I hesitated at halftime. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on in hot takes. But at halftime when the team was going in, I thought this is where we find out, right? Because this team last year would have just completely kept the downward trend going. And we just knew it. You just could feel it. And that was what I was curious about was how they were going to come out and respond. And it it was totally different. I got a question. I got a question from someone last night. How did Doug respond in the (laughs) locker room at halftime? Did he just let him have it? Well, I wasn't there, so I I don't know. But my guess is, no, he didn't because he's been there before. He understands this team based on all the conversations about healing that we talked about and what good would it have done. He knows this is a young team that's going to make mistakes. He turned them around in the second half. It wasn't quite enough. There were more mistakes late in the ballgame, but he did enough to get them back into it. Okay, you build on that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he said, just keep doing what you're doing and convert. Stop killing ourselves. Again, the striking thing to me, down 14 to 3. I didn't feel like they came out guns blazing in the third quarter. I didn't feel like they played great in the third quarter. They just made plays. But they were good enough to get back in. Right. And the key thing about that game, they forced four turn I mean, yeah, they forced three turnovers. Yes. If they're a team that does that and and are a little better on that front, the breaks will go their way to win some of those where they're up 3-1 in that ratio, which you should have won that game. Hey, look, when when you're plus three, which they were until you know the final minute of the game when Trevor threw the, the long ball that was intercepted, you win 98% of the time. That's what the numbers tell you. It's hard to lose when you're plus three. 
heart. Very, very difficult. So it was. It, that's what the mistakes did, was they created a huge hold that they couldn't come away from. And that's what makes from. it so frustrating. Yep. For sure. All right, and that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some highlights from yesterday's game against the Commanders. Move the freight. Magellan Transport voted coolest office space in Jacksonville. Apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. We are back, Jaguars Drive Time, on a Monday morning recapping a loss to the Commanders. That was a roller coaster of a game fighting back. A lot of highlights to go through, good and bad. We're going to start here for the Jaguars' first offensive drive when we talk about that slow start. Here's a great example of that. The Jaguars have to settle for a field goal after having a great offensive drive to start with, starting off with that James Robinson run, and, and that's the last points we'll see for a very long time for this Jaguars offense. And we see the example. Convert on that Zay Jones throw, make it happen, touchdown, the difference. Right. Um, classic James Robinson run. Uh, you know, not going to run away from anybody. That was awesome to see. But found yeah. a hole. So um, both of those guys made plays in the running game yesterday. That's a huge positive for this team uh, that you can expect to see him. He didn't look like he was dragging it at all. And uh, they've got to be able to run like they did yesterday. Run for first downs and run for explosive plays. You don't have to run for 165 yards. Again. You don't have to be Cleveland. Um, but you have to be able to run when you need to, and they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing uh, Doug sort of hinted at in the postgame he was asked why he didn't run more. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to run a lot more than he did yesterday. He seemed at the end of the press conference to like their balance. I think his point was if you start running more, your yards per carry come down. They were very effective when they did run. Right. So I think, I think Jaguars fans may have to get used. I don't think Doug Peterson's going to be the guy to turn around and give to James Robinson yeah. seven straight uh, runs. No. I think he wants effectiveness when they do run. It's not going to be Fred Taylor and Maurice Drew, you know, circa 2007 when they ran for 155 yards a game. But these two guys, because their styles are completely different, um, they'll be a fun group to watch. Yeah, he wants to be effective when they do When do they it. choose. When right. you want and to run, you were that yesterday. To. So I yeah. think that's what it's going to be. And it was what he asked in postgame. It was seven yards per carry or something around there? Yeah, it it was nine in the first half. And it was seven, but Doug was aware of that stat. He was very aware of how they were running. He didn't seem – well, I mean, he was the play caller, so he didn't criticize himself <laughs> after the game. Well, but he seemed very fine with how they had called it. To make the point, Trevor Lawrence last week in his press conference said they were going to be hard-nosed up right. front in the offensive I mean, line. We were a little surprised it. by that. And Doug was asked about it on Friday. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe that's what they think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go now to Trayvon Walker's basically highlight reel of this game in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Some highlights from him. After the two-yard loss, Wentz, he is out and he's sacked at the 26 by the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. From the 25-yard line, Wentz goes back at it, and it's intercepted in a crowd. Oh, it's Trayvon Walker in his first NFL game. He went down on the ball at 
Let's see if the officials rule him down inside the 10 yard line. Wentz threw it a crowd and Walker was there to pick it. That's the first time I've seen this highlight from game footage. That is crazy how long his arms are to make yeah. that catch. That's rare. I mean, you just, again, that's why a guy like that, who only has what, six and a half sacks at Georgia? That's why you don't worry about that production because the rare qualities that he brings will turn into plays. And just didn't know it's going to be that fast. Well, he's a man child. I mean, it's, <laughs> and a, a lot of guys can't just dominate physically in this league or just make plays based on physical ability. You, you feel like he's doing that. You feel like he's the, he's this kid who's just so talented yeah. that when he's playing, he, you know, he's having fun because he can do things and he doesn't know why it's so hard for everybody else. <laughs> right. You know, so, but uh, the point being on, on his sack, it, it really wasn't a great move necessarily. I'm not sure that he has uh, moves yet like he will in a couple of years, but he was on him so fast. Oh, yeah. A lesser athlete, that quarterback steps up in that situation, gets away from it. Trayvon was on him so fast he couldn't do it. Well, it he's special. If people have heard the term bend from Jeff Lagerman or Tony Baselli talking about how a player can get low to the ground and get around the tackle, that's rare bend. I mean, he was – For someone as huge For someone as big as he is right. to tuck his shoulder and get around him and then stay balanced and get to the quarterback. I mean, those are the qualities that you look for in a top pass rusher. He has them all. Mm -hmm. And the pick is – that was the kind of play that – 95% of the guys in the NFL are sitting in the locker room after going, yeah, I, I saw him going there, yeah, but I couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trayvon sees him going there, and he gets there. He's just more athletic. He's better. He's a better athlete than most guys on the field. He did that, by the way, in Atlanta. I don't know whether you saw it because there was so much to see that day, but he bent back to the outside and grabbed the ball, and it's like, wow. With right. all his and, weight going the other direction. And, 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 yeah. and for him to be able to do that now in a game situation mm – -hmm. It was it, special. Yes, crazy. And now the offense needed to respond when given the chance by Trayvon Walker, and they're doing just that, getting themselves back in the game. Third takeaway for Jacksonville, the pitch, James Robinson. Robinson, that's a Jacksonville touchdown! An 11-yard run after the interception. Very cool to see from James Robinson. It was the moment we all wanted, the proven comeback moment, which we all knew he was back. We all knew he was fine. We all knew he was ready. But to prove to, to basically everyone else, okay, he's back. Don't worry about him. I love the fact that he's out there following Juwan Taylor. And give Juwan credit. He was way out there leading the way. Mm -hmm. And then he just found the cutback lane, planted the foot, and exploded, right? Which you don't say all the time about James Robinson. But he ran through four defenders to the end zone. That takes some explosion. Well, we'll see if they have more, but this the that last little highlight package <laughs> showed well showed you um, you got seven points from two, maybe your three or four best players. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they have as many great players yet as I think they will moving forward. Those were two of their best, and they both made really great plays to get points. That's what the league's about. We'll find out if they have more than those two or three guys uh, right now. I think it's a big storyline going forward. Mm -hmm. And something pretty cool on that play, we were all filming Coach Peterson waiting for his reaction. It was myself and Trent, our videographer, and we were, we were 
had a shot on Coach Peterson hoping, you know, we get a fist bump or a clap or some reaction because they needed a touchdown so bad right there. And immediately when James Robinson scores, he turns around and pushes the entire team back so they don't get a penalty. Doesn't even care. Doesn't celebrate at all. And I, we all knew Coach Peterson was calm, but I truly saw in that moment he's always thinking a play ahead and no reaction, no yeah. celebration, not needed. Well, he's a pro. Yeah. They had work to do still. It was pretty cool to see. Then stand the whole game with his knees. With, no. with his hand <laughs> on his knees. <laughs> All I right. I noticed that. Now this is where the game takes a turn in the fourth quarter. We go to a commander's offensive drive where at this point the game started to feel a little out of reach. We only got into six games. When steep drop pressure on, gets rid of it. Sideline throw. He's got Terry McCullough. And that's a Washington Commander touchdown. Yeah, I mean – just got beat. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, and, and you can't let him back in that fast. You've got all the momentum. You fought back, and then all of a sudden, it was a two-point game at that point. But Brian, it felt like a tie game. All of a sudden, I mean, yeah. it felt like the momentum was back in their favor because mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah, he lost leverage. Yeah, and he let him in, and, and and Cisco could not make up that it was just too far for him to go. Right. But if you keep inside leverage, then Cisco's involved, and it was just a well, – it was a silly mistake. It was – there were two of them by the corners. I mean, you got to give Tyson Campbell great credit for the, the jump on the ball to get the interception. That, that was fantastic. But then late in the ball game, with the game on the line, he's not in position to be able to make a play on the ball at all. Right. You know, for a guy that when we were touting most. as being a difference maker, yeah. for who had such a tremendous camp, you expect more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Griffin, uh, I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that that's their best player. Yeah. And you got to know. In a big situation, uh, you lose him like that. That can't happen. No. Mm-hmm. And now we finally go to the Jaguars' last offensive drive. Here's a chance, and that's all we wanted really when we talked about all offseason is give Trevor, the quarterback, a chance to win the game. He has that, and it just didn't go their way. Lawrence is in the game, his first NFL game after missing all of last year. And Lawrence on the run. Throwing it deep and intercepted. Did he stay in bounds? Derek I think Ford has the takeaway. And that is where Coach Peterson at the end of the game when he talks about a team that needs to learn how to finish, he brought up this example saying, Trevor, hey, I credit him. He's trying to be aggressive. He's trying to make a play. But at this point, you have to know, take the sack, throw it away. You can't turn the ball over here. Well, Trevor talked about it after the game, and it it did shed some light. I, I don't think he was trying to throw that ball that way. He said his arm got crooked, and it, it, it Montez Sweat hanging all over him. Yeah, and well, and that's a case where Cam has to protect better there. The oh, yeah. the the pressure is there in a heartbeat on that play. Uh, that happened too often yesterday. Um, I would have liked to have seen that play without the pressure. One of the biggest, so, wasn't well, you say that? Yeah. One of the biggest decisions this team made in the offseason, if you go back, was to franchise, or not to franchise, but to give Cam the big money deal, franchise left tackle money. Um, okay, that's just one of 17. He's got to be better. Yeah. Because the fourth quarter, that was the entire story. Montez Sweat was not lined up over Juwan Taylor, who is thought to be the, the slower of the two tackles. He was lined up on Cam Robinson. And you have to look and see, well, what did Jack Del Rio see that made him think he could beat Cam, who was so good in August? Mm-hmm. You've got to be better than that. Yeah. And that's the, when we hear the, the critique on Trevor. And, yes, absolutely, Trevor has to play better. Oh, yeah, but then but you go back and watch 
the offensive line throughout the entire game. And, and yeah, the whole unit really needs to take a step. There was a throw to Christian Kirk in the fourth quarter, and everyone saw that Deron Payne got up and knocked it down. Well, the reason, and 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 I, I heard some criticism of Trevor, he's 6'6", he should be able to throw over. Well, on that play, he had Montez Sweat throw Cam into his feet, and he couldn't step into the throw. So, I mean, it, it's little things like that that you don't see until you go back and watch it again. So the left side of the offensive line has got to be better. The stats don't say it all. Ain't that the truth? All right, and that is highlights on Jaguars Drive Time on a Monday when we come back. Some hot takes on the Jaguars Digital Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Call CarShield now if your car is out of manufacturer's warranty. Don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer screen repairs. Call CarShield. It's the little things. Like, like I know everybody talks on the little things, and the little things can be many different things. But in our, in our little things, man, it's, it's things that we can correct. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, Tyson came up big. We make plays in practice. That's what I try to tell Trayvon, man. You practice the way you play. You know what I'm saying? The plays that you make in practice is the plays you're going to make in the game. He was catching picks in, the, in practice. It's going to carry over. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, even the bad things. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we just got to keep punching punching. We got a divisional game next week we're excited for. It. And we're hungry. We're angry. And we're going to show it. And uh, we're excited to play. The Jaguars looking forward to their home opener this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts taking a step forward against a divisional opponent. We're back on Jaguars drive time and it's time for some hot takes going into week two coming off a game where we finally have a hot take to talk about. Yeah, well, I'll I'll start with Mike Caldwell, the Jags defensive coordinator in his first game as a defensive coordinator. Uh, He stuck to his guns and we talked a lot about getting to the quarterback with four in August. And especially on that last drive with the throw to Dotson in the end zone, he stuck with four. He was going to go down, you know, shooting the way he did. And the Jaguars didn't get there. I mean, I think they only had six hits on the quarterback. Um, I would have liked to have seen him mix it up a little bit more and do some crazy things. But he didn't do it. And I don't think he's going to change his style. I, maybe he will situationally here or there. But they've got big guys they've paid a lot of money to or spent a lot of high draft picks on. And uh, you just get the sense in the fourth quarter with the game on the line where he doesn't change that he's not going to because that's fundamental to who he is and his defense. He's going to coach his guys to get there. Yeah, you just wonder on that if 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 they thought that uh, doing that, having seven back, Wentz would throw errantly and give him the ball at times, which he did. Situationally, so right. So I think that probably played into that. I, I, I believe Caldwell's background – with Todd Bowles, would show you that he's going to be a little more creative than he was in the fourth quarter yesterday. Uh, but certainly, it, it was a storyline. It, you know, it's always dangerous, you know, Brian, to take one game. One situation. Trend. Uh, but it sure, it sure was yesterday. And all coordinators want to get there with four. It's just a matter of 
can you do it the, or not? There were some times where he mixed up formations. You know, there was one formation in the second half where they didn't have any down defensive linemen. They were all standing or moving around the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still, for the most part, in most key situations, stayed with the four-man rush. I do think that situationally, they'll change that. You know, schematically based on opponent, here and there. But I, I got the sense in key moments yesterday that he's going to stick with who he is, and he's going to expect those guys to get home. Mm-hmm. And it was by far, at least in the two years being on the sidelines, it was by far the most movement I've seen on defense. Every single play, there's guys running off, there's guys running on, Caleb on Chasons and Josh Allen's coming out. There was a ton of movement all game long, and I think that's going to stay the same as well. It never slowed sure. down. It's not that he's not going to blitz, but he's, that's not going to become every down. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to try to get there with four. Mm-hmm. All right, John, what do you got? Uh Mine was positive because I'm I'm uh, Johnny yeah. positive, and it, it was basically the good outweighed the bad, even if the bad was really frustrating. And this is sort of a short-term, long-term kind of take. Um, I understand that fans are upset because they've seen the Jaguars lose so much for a decade, and when you lose, you feel like oh, it's the same thing. They're they're doing the same stuff. To me, watching that game. I did not feel like I was watching the same thing as we had watched in 20 and 21. I feel like it was a team. I guess the theme I keep going back to today is this. I didn't think they played overly well for four quarters. I thought they played poorly for a stretch. Even without playing well in the third quarter, they found a way to get back in that game. I don't know that that would have happened in the last couple of years. I think if it, if they had played just okay in any stretch, they're falling behind. I think there's a lot of potential there for this team. I still think by the end of this season, you will see a team that you like better and is playing better with the caveat of the offensive line has to protect Trevor better. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to – he's going to be inconsistent because he's a young quarterback. If the offensive line plays like it does yesterday, like it did yesterday in key situations, those in, those inconsistencies will spike and it will look really bad at times. So I thought about it yesterday, and and I felt the same way you did that this was not a typical Jaguars team that we'd seen the last couple of years. Um, the reality of it is, you couldn't say about those teams, well, they beat themselves because that didn't happen most of the time. They got beat yeah. yesterday. Doug Peterson, one of the first statements he made in his news conference, and he's a pro, right? We've established that was we beat ourselves. They did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat themselves with stupid little mistakes, like Dewan Smoot giving up four points there. Um, it, it, not just to pick on him, but there were lots of those those moments. They beat themselves yesterday. That's why it 14, feels differently. 14-3 at halftime. Yeah. And between Trevor's math, which was 11 points, which right. he was right, and Smoot's mistake, yeah. that's 15 points. Yeah. I mean, just, you dominated the third quarter. Yes. The game plays out. They're a much better football team. You can see that. Mm -hmm. But they weren't good enough to win yet, which means they've got to get something done on the practice field this week. Yeah, it's learning how to finish. And I talked to Bucky Brooks after the game about that, and I said, okay, well, fans want to know how quick it takes to to learn how to finish a game. He goes, if they get one win and have that taste, they'll know how to finish a game. And that leads to my hot take, which is similar to what we've talked about basically this entire show, is that the hot take is Sunday felt like a normal NFL loss. And for some reason, the locker room yesterday – it just felt different in the moment. I, I couldn't put my finger on why it felt different. It felt more defeated. It felt more sad. It felt more angry than a locker room that I've been a part of the past two years. And I think when you have that close of a game and you lose, it hurts more. But then we were talking to our head of production on the plane, Patrick, and he's like, yeah, you know, Sunday felt like a normal NFL loss. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yep. it did. And I couldn't say that the past two years. If a couple more plays go the Jaguars' way, 
you win. And you're so right. They were nowhere near that last you know, season. It, the, the hard part is it's tough to sell that idea mm-hmm. to people who are not part of the NFL on a daily basis. Or see who, it. Yeah. Who understand what yeah. that is. I mean, my 18-year-old son, I'm trying to sell that to him last night. And, and, <laughs> and, and he's Jaguars. mine. And, yeah. and, and I couldn't get it through his head. So to try to sell it to the masses right now is tough because what is that? I mean, they've they're four and 34 mm-hmm. in their last 35 games or something like that, you yeah. know, 38 games. Um, people, they just see the same thing. Not everybody, but most people are just, yeah, there's another Jaguars loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that it's going to take a win for the, the Jaguars to learn how to win. It's going to take a win for the fans to start believing that this is a different team. Right. Yeah, I think something we're talking about, the last couple of years, you probably had a locker room of players that wanted to win and maybe deep down after a lot of games didn't really think they, quote, should have won. I think yesterday you had a locker room full of guys that thought they should have won. And that brings way more frustration than I've seen really the past three years. Well, we'll find out how it translates next week. Absolutely. And that is Hot Takes when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some closing thoughts on the Jaguars Digital Network. No fees, no problems. Save big when you purchase your tickets for our 2022 home opener against the Colts this Sunday on September 18th. The deal will not last long, so don't miss out. Get your fee-free tickets today. It had to be more than just one, one pick, one sack, one pick, because obviously we didn't win the game. So, therefore, a player like me that they drafted number one supposed to make plays like that, and so I need to keep continue making plays like that. A player like me is supposed to make plays like that. I thought that was absolutely what stood out the most out of Trayvon Walker's post-game press conference. What's not? If you doubted the kid before, um, when you see the way he played and you hear him say that after the game, you can just take a deep breath and go, okay, yeah, they got it right. He's so self I mean, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but when he got drafted number one, there was a lot of criticism. He... You're not even sure he heard it, not even sure he cared. Yeah. He's incredibly confident in his own ability without being cocky. Uh, he didn't act like that was a surprise yesterday. He knows he has to do more. Um, it's it, it it's hard not to like this kid if you're around him, and it's hard not to think that he's going to f- be an absolute star yeah. in this league, well, you know, which he, is cool. The week of Atlanta, uh, we did a lot of talk and, and a lot of stories around his family. He doesn't care what what people he doesn't know think. His family's so important to him, he's focused on them and what they tell him and, and representing them well. Um, he's he's kind of got the same thing with the Jaguars family, mm-hmm. right? He wants to represent them well, which is why he could stand there and say it. I'm, and it's not an arrogance, though. Oh, it, no, no. It's, it, he's a – I hope fans get he's a, a chance to get to know him a little more because uh, – He's impressive. He's yeah. impressive. He is, because I saw that at first on Twitter, the I'm supposed to make plays like that, and I thought, hmm. But then I went and listened to it, and yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the complete opposite of cocky. It's just yeah. a self-awareness of, yeah, I was drafted number one to do this. Here's what's exciting, to see how teams are going to have to now take him into account and defend against him mm-hmm. and to see how Josh Allen gets opportunities off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, credit to Trayvon on that, because it's tough as a rookie to be a guy that teams have to account for and very quickly he's shown – I get this only one game, but even in preseason practice, but he's going to be a guy they have to account for, which is going to help everybody up front. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, we get ready for our home opener this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. We have Jaguars drive time Wednesday and Thursday morning and lots to come here on Jaguars.com, so stay with us all week long. We will see you Wednesday morning.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.